It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. I suppose I'm one of those deeply philosophical hobbyists. If you haven't guessed that by now, we spend so much time pushing philosophy and crazy ideas here. Makes sense, right? Um, Not long ago, uh, a fellow aquarist and I were talking about how we manage our aquariums. And the conversation turned, as it inevitably does when my friends talk to me, about the idea of utilizing natural materials, you know, wood and botanicals and stuff in our aquarium, uh, and where the practice fits in in the grand scheme of trying to recreate the habitats uh, where our fishes come from. And of course, my mind wandered just a bit, as it's prone to do. One of the things I've always loved about keeping aquariums in general is that you have this wonderful glass or acrylic box filled with water, wood, hardscape materials, and fishes. And to the animals that reside in it, it becomes their whole universe. Like, I know it's kind of meta, but it's cool, right? Ever look at things that way? I mean, even at the hobby's most basic levels, you as the aquarist create the physical environment for your fishes and are more or less in control of every facet of of its existence. You control the appearance, the environmental parameters, the population, the import, and the export of nutrients, like everything, and the health and the lives of each and every organism which resides in the aquarium, those are all completely in your hands. It's kind of an awesome responsibility when you think about it that way, isn't it? it? It is. And while our fishes go about their daily existence, likely not comprehending all of that, and likely behave in your aquarium in much the manner that their wild ancestors have for untold millions of years. What they do know is that this is their world, that tank, the physical structures you've created, the competing population of fishes, the availability of food resources, and the quality of water. Those are just a few of the things they contend with, just as they would if they were swimming about in the wild. That's one of the reasons why, I don't know, I have this near obsession with attempting to recreate, at least to some extent, as many of the physical and environmental characteristics of my fish's wild habitats as possible. All the while realizing that uh, although they'll be residing in a closed system with many physical and chemical characteristics similar to what they've evolved to live under, it's not a perfect replication, much though I want it to be. And being of the opinion that replicating some of these characteristics is likely better than replicating none of them. It's an arrogant kind of assumption on my part, I guess. I mean, like like everybody here, I, I'm fully responsible for the animals that I keep, and I take a certain degree of pride in that. I just want the best for them. That being said, I'm personally not in the mindset of having to be absolutely hardcore about being 100% accurate biotopically in terms of making sure that every leaf, every twig, every botanical is from the absolute specific habitat of the fishes which I keep. I do have enormous respect for a course that do, It's just not me. Rather, I place the emphasis on providing a reasonably realistic, functionally aesthetic representation of the habitat from which they come with the materials that I use and uh, the environmental parameters that I provide, uh, trying to keep everything as close as possible to the parameters uh, that they find in the wild, as close as I can get them. 
Now, you can be a very responsible owner without obsessing over making every microsemian of conductivity or every ppm of phosphate in your tank match that of your fish's wild habitat. I'm pretty confident about that. Your fishes likely don't know that, having been captive bred for a few generations or collected from their natural habitat and being subjected to you know, varying environmental differences all along the chain of custody from stream to store. They likely don't even care. They're likely just happy to be somewhere stable by the time they arrive in your home aquarium and get a good meal and not get eaten or thrown out on a dock to dry out or something. In my humble opinion, boy, that's hard to say humble, because in my opinion, <laughs> being genetically programmed by evolution to live under certain environmental, environmental parameters for millennia can't likely be replaced by a few dozen generations of captive breeding. I know that's a controversial statement, but I really believe that. And I know people will say, well, discus are bred in, you know, uh, uh, alkaline water and they do just fine. Yeah, sure. However, being able to acclimate and thrive, even reproduce in conditions significantly different from what they evolved under, does indicate some good adaptability on the part of our fishes, does it? But it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what's best for them. Uh, and as an aquarist, you know, we benefit from this process, even though our hearts may tell us it would be a cool idea to try to be 100% faithful to nature in this regard. I know that I do. Of course, all the while being fully aware that, for example, achieving and maintaining a 4.3 pH similar to the floating leaf litter banks of the Alanca stream and the Branco River in Brazil is, you know, beyond the level of detail that I want to go into. It would be very cool to do it, but it's just not what I want to do at the moment. I don't, don't want to be dealing with 4.3 uh, pH. I suppose my attitude toward those factors, which would, you know, would probably disqualify me from being a very hardcore biotope aquarist or at least somebody who would try to compete and maybe even win in a contest. But the tetras that I keep, of course, don't know this, nor do they seem to care. I mean, rather, they're obsessed, I guess, <laughs> with finding their next meal, socialization, and the more mundane aspects of their daily existence. As long as they're physically comfortable and free from high levels of stress as a result of evading predators and exploiting really limited food resources, I don't think one can make an argument that they really do. And just because you're content with your aquariums being biotope inspired as 100%, you know, as opposed to 100% faithful to the natural habitat that you're into, doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you're not doing a good job or aren't dedicated to your craft. What every tetra, every cichlid, every guarmy, every pleco, or any other fish under your care does know is that they're living in a stable, stress-limited environment that they can easily adapt to and live out their lives in. And that's worth considering the next time you set up an aquarium. Now, really, do your tetras and cichlids and guarmies know this? I think so. Give yourself a pat on the back for doing what you do really well. I think that your fishes would, if they could. You're doing a pretty kick-ass job. That's also what every tetra knows. Really. Stay inquisitive, stay inspired, stay enthusiastic, stay dedicated, stay relentless, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.